Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Vitology Podcast, brought to you by Manual Faith. Ryan Paulson, welcome. Hello Josh there. Harris, welcome. Good to see you, man. Yeah, you uh, just had a celebration the other night. I you? did last have night. a celebration just last night. You turned uh, nineteen. I turned, yeah, <laughs> I turned nineteen. Wouldn't that be nice if I <laughs> turned nineteen? I don't know, man. That would be that'd be different. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my my marriage turned nineteen yes, though. Yes. Uh, just yesterday. Right on. Just yesterday. Congrats. Thank you very much. Congrats. Thank you very much. We were thinking though that it would be nice if every year you did a honeymoon, because that would put me in Hawaii. Right now. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Let's, yeah. We should try to start that tradition, because that's where that's where we went on our honeymoon nineteen years ago. Wow. Oh. What island? We went to we went to Maui. Now, okay, this is a story. In fact, uh, this was one of the things Beth asked me last night. She says, what would you do different? And I, man, that's, that's, that's a good question. So, there, you know, there's a, a few, like, um, a personal question. things, a scary thing. But one of the one of the first things I said is, um, I'd probably just try one island. Uh. And she knew exactly what I meant. Because um, on our honeymoon, see, this is, it's a funny thing going on a honeymoon. Um, especially, I, you know, I'm, I was a single guy, right, of course, <laughs> That's what happened before you're married. Okay. That was not a very intelligent statement. But anyway, I was I was young. I was dumb. I'd never planned anything like this. And so I planned it around me. Right? This wow. is what I would want if I were to go on vacation. Right? This is a, an Enneagram 7 planning a honeymoon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was as 7 as it comes. Because we... <laughs> Now, first, we like maxed out all of the like vacation time and everything. Um, I don't know. I still to this day don't know really how I afforded it. Um, I, you know, I think my uh, policy back then was um, it's, you know, it's good for your marriage. So it's on the credit card. It's there not necessarily okay. wise. OK, um, <laughs> don't recommend it. But um, we stayed in five different locations. Wow. That's on two move. different islands. That is a bold move. It was like moving every every three days, <laughs> packing up and moving. Um, to me, it sounded like a great idea because yeah. you get to experience everything, right? Right. You want right. to make sure you get to all the places. Um, about partway through, Beth was like, "Why are we staying in so many places?" And I'm like, like, "What do you mean?" Isn't it great? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so this has been one of those things that ever since. Um, it, she brings it up every now and again. Yeah, sure. You know, I've I've learned. I've eh. have you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know I I want to say I've learned. Um, I would do it differently. Yeah, I would cut down go. on at least one go. of them. I'd uh, stay on one island, I think, and not yeah. try to make. So we we went to we did Maui and Kauai. There you go. And I don't remember any of it. All right. Because it was a long no no. And we man, I yeah. We went like straight from from wedding to like needing to get on a plane. I mean, we got, I mean, we got done with the wedding around eleven o'clock or something like that, and had to be in LAX from Orange County at like five in the morning. Oh, Some wow. ridiculous thing. It was just a bad idea. That sounds fine. <laughs> it was. Look, we'll at, we're still married. We're there still married. Go. That's there that's really what matters, right? Hello, Vicky. How you doing? Yeah. Um, now let me just let me just ask you, you guys. You guys got us by a year, I think. Uh, but six months about. Oh, six. Yeah, okay. So we're nineteen plus. You're nineteen yep. plus. All right. We'll All right. Twenty in June. Whoa. June first. Crazy. Twenty years. Yep. That's a big hard, one. That is hard to believe. I feel like that one needs a. It's. I guess it's not called a honeymoon, but that needs like a little something just because it's twenty. We're gonna go to Mexico. Are you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So way to go. Yep. Excited way to go. It. All right. In in just six weeks. Actually, we're gonna celebrate early. So way to go! Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, it's good. You taking the whole kids and everything too. Right? Uh, of course, wouldn't do it without them. Okay, good. False. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait a minute. I was joking. Oh, good. Okay, that's yeah. even that's even better. I was like, wait a minute, you are. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You had me there. Oh man, you had me there. Uh, um, good afternoon to Carolyn as well. Once again, if you're joining us, um, that's if you're joining us live right now on Facebook, YouTube, just just comment, say hello. We'd love to interact with you. We'd love to to say hi. If you found us on our uh, podcast, you can't interact, but you can listen. And we just want to say thank you for for joining us. It's uh, send it's questions great. to questions at efcc.org yep. for next episode, and 
we would love to answer those. That's right. That's right. And we we both get those, and uh, and sometimes we'll respond um, directly there to email, or sometimes I'll just write back and say, "Ooh, that's a good one." We'll bring that up in the podcast, which means that then you got to listen if you want the answer or at least the discussion around the answer, right? Yep. Because that's that, that's actually what a lot of what we do here is uh, discuss around yep. the issue, right? Try to try to dig a little deeper into uh, things of the day and and especially into the messages uh, that come up. So, yeah. so um, just this week we uh, finished up a series, short series, really called short. the Good Book. Yep. I think we should do a series on scripture every year. I Ooh, think, I like you know, that. At least a few ah. messages on what is the Bible every year. I th- I've just I don't know about you, Josh, but I've just the there's been a richness to remembering what it means to um, be people of the book, as yeah. it were, you know, yeah. and to say, gosh, we really we value this the scriptures, we uphold the Bible, and um, and um, to teach I, our people what what we mean when we say the Bible is a good book. I, you know what? Good I I like it. We, we I mean we we do Christmas every year. There you go. We do Easter every year. Yes, we do. Why not uh, talk about the Bible in a in that way every year, right? Yeah. I mean, we now we talk about the Bible every every week, but yeah. in your, what you're getting at is that is more um, what the book is, what the scripture is. What is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. 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 Well, hello to Autumn. Says hi. Jody says hi. Hello. Thanks Great to have you guys, guys here. Yep. Um. So, but I think that's a great idea. And uh, I think there's um, it's it's so foundational yeah. to what we believe. In fact, um, even in our in our statement of faith, mm-hmm. our church's statement of faith, it it is number one Correct. on the list. And you think about that. You're in our statement of faith. We're talking about some you know pretty important things, yep. right? Um, we're talking about the Trinity. Okay, who is God? God. Um, we're talking about who Jesus is. Yep. Okay, these are important things, and in levels of importance. Um, I think we'd say that's that's more important yep. than than scripture necessarily. However, we know about those things because of scripture. Scripture, yeah, it's interesting if you go back and read the um, some of the early church creeds. You know, for the Apostles' Creed, hmm. the Nicene Creed. Um, none of those, and 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 these are the earliest statements of faith that followers of Jesus have mm-hmm. outside of mm-hmm. um, some of the creedal statements in the scripture. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and none of them have a reference to the Bible Interesting. Right? or scripture, right? Huh, I mean, yeah. the, for example, the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker Make, of yeah. heaven and uh-huh. maker of earth, right? So right. it doesn't start with, we believe in the Bible as the inspired uh-huh. word of God. It starts with, uh, let's talk about God. Right? Yes, yes. And now all of it's it's scriptural, it's grounded in scripture, uh-huh. but for whatever reason, they didn't feel the need to affirm this is where we're getting mm-hmm. this information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, for a number of reasons, that's that's changed. But mm-hmm. um, it, it it's interesting to me that when you yeah. look back at those early church creeds, it's not in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if, you know, as, as they say that, that or at least a version of that goes all the way back to the apostles, mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't have anything like we have. Right. No. It definitely it definitely wouldn't have been called a book. Okay, no. it wasn't. It wasn't actually a book. Three for sixty-seven. Three sixty-seven. Okay, the first codex is that the or first time you had a full copy of the Old and New Testaments Testament. compiled together. Okay, okay, and that's even like a list. I wonder if those were still scrolls. I want to Google that. You might want to Google. Yeah, write a paper. <laughs> yes, yes. But Check it's your sources. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Now. But then it, I mean, what we call a book, it wasn't that for a long, long time until it was like a, it was like a codex, well, right? I mean, they call that? You know, wasn't, yeah. Yes. But then, I mean, really Gutenberg in 1454, that is the first time we really had a printing press to have it sure. like we have it now. Yeah. 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 Mass marketed and widespread. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To think before that, they're, they're handwriting each page. And if we think the phone changed the world. Oh like, my word. I mean, yeah. Think of the way that printing press has changed the world is yeah. just mind blowing. Yeah. When you really start to think about it. You're thinking it's like on the level of TikTok? At least. At least on the level of TikTok. At least. I'm the level of TikTok. At least. <laughs> yeah. I just thought of the first yeah. random. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a big no. deal. It's, it's a very big deal because um, it's not a, it's not a small book. Correct. You know, the, um, the, the scripture, the Bible is not a, a small book. And, um, and, those 
it, it would have been costly. It would have been super expensive to have one. Mm -hmm. There'd be many people that would live their life and never interact directly with one. Yes. Right. With, and be believers. And believers. Who exactly. Would, who would live their whole life and never interact yeah. with a Bible. And right? for a number of reasons. One, they may not be able to read. Correct. Okay. Because that um, literacy rates were really low. Um, another one is just access. They just wouldn't have they didn't it. Have it. Yep. Um, and so uh, this dives into what you were you, you began the sermon with this week is um, Wycliffe, right? Yeah. That um, uh, such a Tyndale. Tyndale. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Like, I actually mixed those up. Was it yeah, <laughs> I mix those up regularly. Um, but because um, they both like they both yeah very very influential important in this in this process of of getting the scripture to the people right right yeah in the hands of the people in the common language mm -hmm. um and this was going on in a sense simultaneously in different languages right correct somewhat simultaneously yeah i mean you had the for the greek the full old new testament of the greek scriptures um printed for the first time in 1516 mm -hmm. you have martin luther who translates the scriptures into german in 1522 which now that was one of the big problems that the church had with him yes right it wasn't just the the yes. the, the theses yeah so i had um uh, a guy from our church that i know mm -hmm. um and have a high high respect for mm -hmm. um and he's a catholic mm -hmm. he comes with his wife his wife is um, a protestant mm -hmm. he goes to mass you know before mm -hmm. and then comes with her and um he came up to me afterwards i saw him coming up i'm like oh i know i know where this conversation's going yeah. right because there, huh. there's a the Catholics have a different view on William Tyndale's activity got than it, Protestants got it. do. So, huh. and this is all the like the way that you frame history mm -hmm. and the lens through which you view it, right? So, mm -hmm. for Catholics, William Tyndale was deemed a heretic, um, not because he was translating the scriptures into English but because of the way that he was translating them, ah. and uh, so. His point was, listen, the Catholic Church didn't have an issue with the huh. Bible being in English. There were there were portions of the scripture in English before that. And 100% true. There it started in 7th okay. century that there were portions of the English Bible that were sort of floating around. But it was never compiled into huh. a whole. Interesting. The primary copy of the scriptures that the church in England used at the time was the Vulgate, which was written in the early fifth century mm -hmm. by saint jerome saint Jerome, yeah and um not off of great manuscripts and it had some issues mm -hmm. but it was mm -hmm. the bible that they were most familiar with and so his point was it wasn't that he was translating the bible into english it was the way he was translating it hmm. and he was doing it in an unauthorized way uh. and um so now i i pushed back on that hmm. and said well give me an example then of the bible that they were the, the popes authorized to be translated into English at the time. Yeah. The reality is there isn't one. Hmm. And they're started in, was it 1620? They finished the King James version or mm -hmm. 1611? 1611. 1611. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that, but that was all, here's the interesting thing about that. The King James version, it's a, that interesting. I use that term loosely. The, <laughs> the King James uh, version of the scriptures 86% of the New Testament and 73% of the Old Testament okay. is directly William Tyndale's work. Really? Yes. Huh. And so um, they certainly used his work in uh -huh. order to create their copy of the scriptures. Okay. But that's, you know, 80, 80, 75 years after they killed him. Yes. After they killed him. And, and there, okay, so then that, that one is endorsed. That one was endorsed by both the Catholic Church and the and the well, I guess Anglican Church, Anglican, Church of England, Church of England um, yeah. at the yeah. same time, huh? Because yeah. huh. you think about that as a well, I mean, it's obviously English, it's so authorized. it's the authorized. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And they ended up using his work, yeah, and not changing much. That's a that's a high endorsement of him, even though it was <laughs> just before they. Yeah, well, it can change in a generation. Wait, I guess, okay, you know, man, I wonder. That's those dates and timelines are interesting because I now this is beyond the scope of this, but um, 
there's a there's a point in which the Catholic Church started reforming itself as well. Yeah, they did. And uh, they call that the Counter Reformation. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if that's before or after 1611. If they're starting to to because they did they they sort of repented a little bit of what yeah, what they had they done and and they changed a lot in a lot of good ways. And I'm just thinking of the timeline of that. Um, where that is in that process, but yeah. uh, you know, who knows? I mean, that's a that's a great, uh, it's a great, uh, it's a great example though of um, uh, the church learning, okay? Because because that's that's one of the things. It's I'm glad you brought up that um, the Catholic Church has has learned and changed and grown in this, and even if they never went back and endorsed William Tyndale, that's a pretty big endorsement. It, it was, you know, that's yeah. A, that's it says was. a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. that's where we started. Yeah. I, I just wanted to give framework for um, the just the value of what when we open scripture, the immense value that um, that we're holding in our hands. Oh, yeah. And as reflected by the reality that people are we're willing to give their lives so that we yes. can hold this. Yes. And I don't know about you, Josh, but that's that's lost on me. I mean, like you said, <laughs> You have 45 Bibles in your house or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to count it or you're estimating, but <laughs> so, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I do either. Oh, totally, um, totally. And so, and the fact that we can get the Bible on our all of our devices in almost any language we'd want, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think there there's something about being so universally surrounded by something and having it so accessible that we lose we lose sight in a sense of how valuable, how valuable. it is. Absolutely. And I'm all for the YouVersion app and I mm-hmm. love watching their tracker of mm-hmm. how many people have downloaded the YouVersion app on their phone. I'm like, yes, that, that is awesome. Really Praise cool. be to God. Um, so I'm all for that. But I do think that we need to be intentional about remembering what it costs yeah. Yeah. in order yeah. to have that. Yeah. There's a, I, I heard this um, and this, uh, locations we can't really necessarily talk about, but um, there was a uh, a missionary that that is working um, working in a place where Bibles are not allowed. You mentioned there are fifty two mm-hmm. countries. countries where wow, it's either outright illegal or highly persecuted. Uh, to have a copy of the scripture. See, and that's that's amazing that there's still that many countries. So this was one of one of the workers that uh, that were involved with um, in a country like that, and they. They easily have access to digital Bibles, but they really wanted the hard copy. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're going about helping do that. Isn't and it's it, isn't it funny because sometimes, you know, I'm I'm a paper, paper Bible. Yeah. Guy, yeah. Right? Like that's just one one because I love I love me a goatskin Bible. Yeah. I mean, like, we should do an episode on premium Bibles. <laughs> you you would have to run that one because my my most expensive Bible might be thirty bucks. So, <laughs> but you know, I hate to ask how much yours. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. You know. Oh, but there's just anyway. <laughs> somebody asked. Somebody once called me and said, "Hey, um, I'm thinking about getting a, a a premium Bible, and I I was told you're the person to talk to about it. Can you uh, can you give me sort of a rundown? I'm like, oh yeah, like let." <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Are you a dealer? How many hours? Yeah. That that is how many hours do you have? There you go. Look, oh, by the way, I love this. Oh, Chris, Chris Coates is uh is correcting us. Look at she okay. The in 1582, the New Testament was translated, finished. 1609, the the Old Testament, um, the Roman Church's first English Bible translation Hmm. um, from the Vulgate. From the Vulgate. 1609. Okay, now. So that's pre-King James. King James. Now, and I don't know, maybe that is, this is, I always hear that 1611 is the King James version, but Chris, you may know something that we don't, that may be the printing. I don't know what that is, but this is just a, a little plug. Because we actually have a an expert in these matters. Yes, we do. In our church, Plug right? Away. Plug away. So um, Chris Coates is uh, is with us. One of these times, we just need to bring her in here, yeah, actually, to do this. Um, that would be really great because she's teaching a seminar. Well, we kind of will um, in in uh, uh, next month. So February, the exact day is blinking on me, but it's going to be the third. Wednesday in February, she's going to be with us and, uh, and she's going to be presenting on a lot of these details and we really can't wait. 
for that to happen. So, um, so she, uh, she collects, um, um, what, what's the word for them? Leafs, um, of, of these ancient texts, um, around this time. So, you know, you're going to be able to interact with them, see them. Um, some of them you'll be able to touch and hold hundreds and hundreds of years old. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, these are the dates we're talking about right now. And you're going to be able to interact with some of those. She's going to give you some history on that. It's going to be a really, really neat opportunity. And so that's coming up. But that's uh, that's Chris. So you can friend her right now on Facebook if you're joining us. <laughs> and uh, you'll hear some more. But but anyway, um, this was this was leading into the value of that book. Right. Because because um, now, of course, the Bible was translated um, into uh, into Latin. In fact, she's mentioning that they are translated from a, a Latin translation is yeah. the Vulgate. Yes. Okay, that's the one Jerome yep. um, was talking about. And that's still a valuable source for us to, to understand how we translate things. It's something that's referenced in our, um, in our, our Greek New Testaments often um, that is helping us to understand where we get the translation. This is where the, the work of translating nowadays is, is actually so, it's so advanced. Mm -hmm. We know more about translation. And I would say, I think most Bible scholars would say that our translation of scripture is closer to the original text than it was it's seven. It's sixteen eleven. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there's much debate about that. And if, oh, if you understand, oh, there is. well, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to say objectively. It, yes, yes, if yes. You can, if you really understand the way translation works, because some people yes. think translation is like a game of telephone, right? Where yes. you're like going around a circle, and I whisper something in your ear, and you whisper it, and then you know, 15 people later, they're going, yeah. "Well, here's what Ryan said." Yes, which is not the way that most translations are done. Yeah. Um, most translations go back to as early of copies as we can, yep. uh, we have, yep. and they translate from those, not from another translation. Yes. Now, one of the reasons that you're making this point is because some of the older translations were made from other translations. Yes, exactly. And, um, it, which isn't not, it's not the best way to do translation. It was the way that they could do it back then. Uh -huh. So praise be uh -huh. to God, they got uh -huh. a copy of the scriptures into people's hands. Yep. But even now, when you look in a Greek New Testament, um, you'll have notes at the very bottom of it that say, okay, so this text would say this this yep. word. Yep. This text has a different word there. And here's why we think this is the right yes. word. Yes. Uh, yeah. I wish I had one with me, you guys. There's there's more notes than there is text. Yeah. In other words, so the point is that that they there's so much research into the words and so that we we can be sure that what we have in in our text of the Bible is is accurate, is the words that were actually there. Um and I think it's it's so important that 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 we say that because you're right, there's there's kind of an there's a popular level critique of the Bible mm -hmm. that you'll hear people say every now and again. They'll say something like, well, how can you trust the Bible? Because it's been translated, you know, hundreds of times. Yeah. And and they're 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 misunderstanding the way it works because they're assuming it's like what you just said, that game of telephone, you know, and, and if that were the case, then we can't trust this thing. Yeah. Right. So if that's the way it worked, they're right. But it's very much not the way it works. Yeah. So so the the um, the longer we um, study this, the more we know about it mm -hmm. and the more pieces of the puzzle we can fit together mm -hmm. in order to have a more accurate. And, and I just love that there's no um, there's no hiding. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, yep. Nope. There were some there's a different word used in this in this version as there is in this. And yes, here's why we think this is the right. Yes. Word, right? Yes. Like they're they're very upfront about that. Yep. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, by the way, this is this has to do with the Bible, and we're nerding out a little bit here. Okay, so we apologize and we don't, because I've heard some people say they like it. But um, <laughs> you know, the one of the earliest translations—it was actually just after the uh, Latin translation—is the Armenian translation. Really? Yes. Yeah. In fact, my <laughs> thank you very much. Um, my so my great uncle, um, before he passed away about a year ago, and. Uh, he was the he was the the foremost scholar or like expert on the Armenian translation. No way. Exactly. Yes. Wow. And so cool. he uh he, he knew it really well. But here's the thing: the Armenian translation that was translated way back then 
is actually still readable today hmm. in Armenian because the language just hasn't changed that wow. much. And so that's the the talk about a, like a culture shaping yeah. um, book, which which the King James version is right. for for yes. English and for yeah. us for Americans for for um, uh, Britons, right? I mean, you know, um, that's not the right word the for the English. The um, <laughs> yeah, actually, I think you're supposed to say Britain, not English. Anyway, whatever. The Sorry, British. guys. The British, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a transforming document for yeah. them. Yeah. And so, but it, that's one that's still used, that's referenced in, in our Greek New Testaments mm -hmm. as a translation guide. Um, any of those early translations were. So, mm -hmm. anyway. That's All very right. cool. All that's right. very cool. And so, now, the the value of this, that people have died for this, yeah. it was a was a key idea Yeah. Um, to, to give this in our hands. Um, now, clearly, we value that. We see, it's kind of a... It's obvious that we want everyone to have the Bible, mm -hmm. but what's kind of what would you say are some some real application of being able to have it and read it um, for ourselves? Because what what was the problem before with not having it? Yeah, yeah. So there, there's some debate about this from mm -hmm. my friend that came up and talked to me. But um, like, really, the people that held the scriptures held the power, and if they can prevent mm -hmm. other people from reading it. They could tell them what it said, okay, and um, and really be able to have a, a dominance over them. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, I think you see that historically uh, playing out. Mm -hmm. So um, when when Tyndale says to the Pope, um, "If God continues to give me breath, the plowboy in the field is going to know his Bible better than you." Yeah, um, that <laughs> like like I said, those were fighting words. Number sure. one. But that his passion was, I want people to be able to know God for themselves through the scriptures huh. rather than having to go to their priest or um, or pastor or whomever yeah. in order to be an intermediary between them and God. Got right. It. So that was the big the the uh, the big development in getting the Bible into the hands of the people was, gosh, now relationship with God isn't mediated by anyone other uh, then the spirit of God himself. Hmm. And now God can speak through the scriptures hmm. to his people to the point where like for Martin Luther in, I think it was 1517 when he's reading scripture. Right. And he goes, wait, the, hmm. the, the righteous, the righteousness right, of God, the yeah. righteousness of God comes by faith. faith and, yes. And he's going, why didn't I ever hear this? Yeah. Right. And so, that was part of his passion, right? Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. people need to read the Bible for themselves because maybe some of the things that they've been taught aren't aren't the truth, yeah, right? Yeah, and um, and you know, this was a unique time in history where you had the printing press mm -hmm. coming into existence, you had the uh, Protestant Reformation taking place, which probably wouldn't have happened without the printing press, mm -hmm. quite honestly, mm. and. You have this beautiful convergence of God doing a new thing. Mm. And one of the ways that that was fueled was by getting the Bible into the hands of the everyday mm. people. Mm. I love it. I love it. That's right. He's so uh, there. Um, Martin Luther's reading Romans 1 16, 17, right? I think that that the, the about the righteousness of God. Um, and and that's that's the experience that now we can have. But I think mm. that that's important for us to realize that that. We take it for granted now. Oh, we do. Yeah, because like you were saying, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous in a sense, or at least it can be. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, it still isn't. Um, <laughs> it it may be everywhere, but it's often on people's shelves. And I think that's that is one of the dangers of the digital age. Mm -hmm. I think is that we could be so surrounded by information, and even hmm. uh, even binging podcasts that are good content yeah right? don't turn this off just kidding uh, no. <laughs> just kidding that we we are surrounded by so many things listen to so many things and sort of yeah, process yeah. on a uh maybe a surface level so many yeah. different ideas yeah that they don't just don't sink into our hearts right? uh, and so huh. um right now i'm rereading one of in my opinion dallas willard's best books renovation of the heart yeah and in it he talks about the value of memorizing scripture yep and the value of uh, the prominence of thought and how much that drives mm -hmm. our lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Dallas was a huge proponent of memorizing scripture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, one time um, 
I heard him recite John chapter 14 in its entirety, just on a whim. Cause we were asking him like, what's the, what would you do to disciple college students? And he goes, I'd teach him to memorize big portions of scripture. And then he just, he just, well, went for, let, for example, for example, let not your hearts be troubled. Trust, trust in God, God. trust wow. also in me. And he just went through the, wow. like, just at a very calm pace. Like he was talking with Jesus about it. Um, but that that's the type of, interaction with scripture that i think god's inviting us to have that would really form and Mm -hmm. shape our hearts not just that we would have access to it but that it would have access to us Mm. oh that's good you know i think that's that's really good yeah at least as important if not more so Mm -hmm. absolutely oh i love that so Uh man and and there is something about there's something about having it and holding it um and writing in it there is, you know, I remember still whenever we'd give, so our church to high school students, um, as they graduate here, yeah. we give them, we give them a Bible and actually it's funny. We do it for junior high as well <laughs> to get a little bit nicer one in high school. Um, uh, because we, we, we care for, we care about this, this book. We want them to have it. But one of the things I always tell them, um, I always tell them to pull out a pen and give them a pen when I used to give them the, the book and I'd actually make them like, underline something right in it now right on yeah. because what i don't want and i tell this every time is for you to put it back in its nice box and then keep it pristine mm-hmm. it's meant to be used yeah <laughs> um and in fact I, I i love it when i hear that it's like worn out um yep. not because i you know we didn't buy them a nice enough bible but because they've used it so much that uh they need a new one i like yeah, that totally. i like that a lot so, um, okay, sorry. Let's 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 dive in a little bit here because um, your uh, your first your first point was that uh, that this is a, this is a Bible, the Bible's worth bleeding for, but it's also worth living from, and I, I like that that not just living for, mm-hmm. um, but living out of it. Yeah, right. That's what you're getting at. Yeah, here. yeah. Well, and this was an interesting text because I think that. Um, Anytime you hear people really want to talk about scripture from scripture, this is one of the main go-to texts. Like the last two weeks have really been, I would say, two of the most prominent, I might add in Matthew chapter five and Jesus's conviction about the value of scripture. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. these two are two of the most loved passages in the Bible about the Bible. Yeah. And one of the things that was interesting to me, and I talked about this a little bit, was the fact that. Um, Paul is writing to a, a struggling pastor, you know, a persecute, like someone who's seen persecution mm-hmm. and, and in a sense going, gosh, do I want to walk down that road also? Mm. Like my mentor here gets beat up everywhere he goes. <laughs> do yeah. I really want to follow Paul as he follows Christ? Yeah. And, so this is Timothy. Okay. So we're talking about second yeah, Timothy sorry. three yeah. um, verses uh, 10 through 17, mm-hmm. but verse 16 is kind of the, yeah. the one that we usually go to. So Timothy is the one <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> His his mentor is is always getting beat up, probably coming bruised. Like, oh, that's a great yeah. I mean he's I mean he he just recounts. Oh yeah, you know you've seen my steadfast in persecutions and sufferings that happened at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and all the persecutions I endured. I mean it's persecution, 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 and then you know he just lets him know in a very comforting way. Um, Everybody who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, so, sign me up. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, um, wow. and that is the foundation of his call to value scripture, right? It's, yeah. Gosh, this, huh. the world is fractured and broken, and yep, you're going to walk through really difficult seasons. But Timothy, that's why I'm hmm. calling you to be a pastor who values the scriptures. Yeah. There's two different words that he uses or ideas that he uses to talk about scripture in this. One he calls them sacred writings. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And some debate right. in the commentaries about exactly what he meant there, but I think that's just so that they can have a commentary that's a few hundred pages long. Right? I mean, he's talking about <laughs> okay. the scriptures. That's a that's where they all ended. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I spent a lot of years. <laughs> And I was with you. Um, but um, and then the second is he says the scriptures uh, that are God, God breathed or breathed out by God, verse 16. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I, I'm passionate about, Josh, and you know this about me. Um, I I want as many times as I can refer to the scriptures as scripture. I do. Yeah. And um, 
I almost never call the scriptures the word of God, not yeah. because I don't believe that they contain, contain the words of God. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but only because in the scriptures, the scriptures refer to themselves as scriptures. Yes. Um, and very rarely is the when the Bible is talking, uses the term the word of God, is it actually talking yeah. about the paper yeah. copy of the scriptures that we hold in our hands? Um, yeah. And um it, yeah, I think that's a great, that's such a great thing to realize. Well, it's kind of how we started that that's the apostles didn't know a book like that. They did. Right? They did. It's a very uh, you know, relatively recent thing. And I, I think for me, there's a deeper theological issue. Mm. And the, I think the question becomes, mm. will we take the scriptures on their terms or will we impute our terms to them? So good. And um, for me, using the term scripture is a way to say, I want to, I want the Bible to tell me what it is rather than me to tell it what it should be. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, no, I don't have any problem with using the term Bible or the word of God or anything like that. That's, mm -hmm. it's not about that for me. It's trying to remind myself that's the word it uses. Yeah. I want to honor it. Yeah. It, in, in Greek, it's the word graphi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that, um, that the, uh, the, they didn't, they didn't have a book like this. Um, they really didn't need it because they were so close to yeah. the, the the details of it, right? They were so close to Jesus. It was it's actually because they they got further away, um, and ultimately, actually, because of suffering, mm -hmm. like the context mm -hmm. of this passage, it's because of the, their persecution and being suffered suffering that they decided that yeah we better put this together wow. we better nail down what what is and what isn't mm -hmm. because there were people saying no this is scripture also and this is scripture yep. also and so they decided no we better we better as a church you know maybe that's it was like the last time that the the church like got around and basically decided they were all pretty sure <laughs> yeah they were. you know i mean they're very sure on these these books yep. then some of them added some others but it was those those added ones were never um, the same level of, of, uh, um, whatever, um, this is getting into. They weren't. And if you read them, you can see why. Yes. I mean, yes, especially, um, the Apocrypha, maybe not quite as much, but if you get, if you start reading some of the Gnostic gospels, yeah, the pseudo-apocrypha or things. Yeah. Going, yeah. There, I can see why this wasn't included. Yes. Yes. So what I'm getting at is there, okay. These 66 books are affirmed by the entire church, which was, right. which is amazing. It's one of the things that, that we point to that it's the, it's the Holy spirit guiding the church. It's one of the only things the church ever agreed. On. It is. It really <laughs> is. They, now, now some of them decided that there's, you know, the apocrypha yeah. that is, um, that is also important, but it was never, like you're saying, never to the same level. Um, even even the Catholic Church today doesn't hold it to the same level. Right. Um, they add it in their Bibles. So some of you may have a Bible that has the Apocrypha in it. Um, and I, we wouldn't say that's necessarily bad. Um, it's just not the same level. Yeah. And so, um, but that they agreed on that. You weren't doing your daily devos and no. the dragon? No. <laughs> No, I was not. And then beyond that, there's things like that that are the like pseudo-Apocrypha. There's, there's, you know... Some people would call them sacred writings. Um, they were writings that are, I mean, potentially even a thousand years after Jesus. Yeah. Um, yep. That that are kind of a, in a in a group that are called that. But um, but here's the thing: it was out of suffering that they, out of even being like, now what do we do? Jesus hasn't come back yet. Yep. And we're still a church, so we better document some of these things, mm -hmm. and we got to put this together. And codify it, right? Yep. And that's, I mean, Luke tells us that's why he wrote. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily out of suffering, but in order to make a case yeah. for yeah. who Jesus was, his life, death, burial, resurrection, and um, yeah, they they weren't there was no um, misnomers about that. They were very mm -hmm. upfront. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that that mm. struck me as I was, yeah. as I was reading this again, and so when he says when when Paul writes to Timothy and says. Gosh, the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation, Timothy. I, I think he has in the back of his mind suffering mm. and the fact that now there is a, a reality that exists right alongside of our the reality that we can see. There's a spiritual reality hmm. 
there's a historic reality of Jesus conquering the grave and there is salvation in his name. And one day that will be fully yeah. and completely realized. Hmm. And so that struck me. The second thing that struck me was that the Bible is intended to be useful and which means that we should use it, right? Not just, <laughs> not just revere it. And yeah. I think, I wish I would have pushed into that idea That's a little good. bit more because yeah. I think most people have a problem revering scripture in the oh, sense yeah. of viewing it as sacred or viewing it as holy. It's the using it that we have a hard time mm -hmm. with and that there is a, a very utilitarian design to scripture that would help us live our everyday lives and know hmm. how to walk in God's wisdom in the midst of a, of a, a the world that's often challenging. Um, hmm. But I just love that scripture is profitable. I like the NIV's translation of that better, that it's useful. useful. Yeah, exactly. And um, so like I, I, you know, I chronicled a few different things that I think are useful mm -hmm. and very rarely do, do we put the Bible in that type of a pragmatic category yeah yeah exactly i know I, I like how you did that but it it's a um there's a lot of things in life we we see as useful but i i do i think that's a great way to put it that we uh, we we revere it mm -hmm. right um and the book itself i mean i i grew up in a in a church that revered it definitely mm -hmm. in fact i grew up even thinking that it was some sort of magical book right right that you you know you didn't want to put it on the ground yeah, don't you ground, didn't want to don't put any book on top on of top it. of it no no no, no 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 yeah 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 and and like pages you wanted to be folded nicely right now you know no turned over pages yep. even even um my first bible <laughs> i think i underlined everything i read <laughs> because i thought that's what you're supposed to do and so there'd be like pages not underlined highlighted and it's a mess i still have that bible um and i i sadly didn't read too much of it because that would have made it a whole yellow book um i'm sure i eventually stopped highlighting everything and did read more but um i remember that that i felt um that someone no names made me feel bad about that because i made the bible look bad <laughs> and i remember thinking oh i'm not supposed to do that and so i stopped there you go you know i don't know yeah. so well see now they make these um, dry highlighters. Do you use yes, dry highlighters? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have one, yeah. Um, and Phew. I love them. You can mark up your Bible and it doesn't bleed through. If, oh, yeah. You yeah. Know. I was not using a dry yeah. highlighter. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, so um, so that's I think that's a, that's a great question. So it's, it's useful. It's useful. So, um, and uh, I, I just pointed out three ways it's useful. One yeah. for teaching, which actually this is one of my – and you get this, but sometimes you just stumble across a cross-reference verse that's referenced uh -huh. a few times. And for me, this one wasn't on my radar when I first started okay. Okay. thinking about it. But I love what Paul wrote in oh, yeah. um, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. He said, for whatever was written, he's talking about scripture. Yeah. In former days was written for our instruction. So for to be used to teach. Through that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Mm. And I just love the fact that the reason that one of the reasons that God gave us scripture is to teach mm. from it. And what should we learn? We should learn endurance and we should learn encouragement so that we can be people of hope. Wow. That to me was like, oh, what a gift. I have a few <laughs> handful of verses that um i pray through before every every sunday before i preach mm. and this one wasn't one of them uh, before but uh it will be now it will be now yeah well, what a you know both of those are dealing with suffering they right are. you know yeah. and and giving us hope and it just you know that that's one of the things um that's one of the things that unifies us that we can relate to about there. Mm -hmm. Now we don't suffer the same way and I don't want to minimize their suffering and assume sure. that we do, but everyone does suffer. It's true. To a certain extent. Yep. Um, and everyone understands time. suffering. Everyone sort of fears it doesn't want to deal with it at times. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. And so this is one of the things that, um, that scriptures, can the scriptures can um, help us unify around yeah. and and speak into people's lives yeah. um, is the suffering that's yeah. that's huge yeah what a great yeah that's a great There's another verse I pray through that, yeah. that has a similar bent it's Isaiah fifty verse four and it says um, give me the tongue of one who is taught that it might have a word for the weary wow and I just love that idea like, like God give Man. give me give us as a church a word for the weary <sighs> man. 
man, anyway, the weary, so, the hopeless. The, I mean, yeah. this is like, yeah, this is why this is humanity. Sister, right? Yeah. Like our, it's mm. it is a challenge to sometimes. Yeah. So it grounds us. It grounds us in hope. It grounds us in hope. Yeah, said, yeah. And then um, it, it's useful for reproof and correction. And okay. like I said, that's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Like one is the negative side of calling us out, showing us where we're wrong. The other side is showing us the way to walk. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that scripture calls us out and leads us forward, but that's all about not just access to the scriptures, mm -hmm. but the scriptures having access to us. Access, yeah, and yeah. that to me is a, a huge piece. And, and even the way that we want to teach people how to read scripture, we want to create space in our mm -hmm. methodology, even to invite God to, to do the, the mm -hmm. work of conviction and, leading towards righteousness as we read scripture yes that's right yeah is this this is where in the message did rest. you bring up the rest yeah, right here yeah. okay see yeah. in my notes it's, it's sort of unclear yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um it's right there yeah, yeah it's right around there um uh, <laughs> um because this this is this is this is where you got kind of real practical this is these are some steps to take mm -hmm. so that it's not just reading Correct. okay it it kind of you're you know, foreshadowing your main point at the end there. Yep. It's not just reading it. It's, it's uh, taking it in, letting it read you a little bit yep. and then being able to live it out. So um, real quickly, let's, let's just, let's go through those uh, okay, yeah. rest. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just a simple acrostic rest read. So we would suggest mm -hmm. and, and um, have some available that you just have a reading plan that you're going through, because if you don't have a plan, uh, my guess is uh, you'll be sporadic and it won't exactly do what God intended for the scriptures to do. And mm -hmm. Second, engage. So don't just read, but like really process and think about it and chew on it and digest it. Third is um, sit, sit with Jesus mm -hmm. specifically. So um, don't view reading your Bible just as a checklist, got to get it done, but really ask God to read you yeah. uh, as you sit with his scriptures. And then finally, trust and obey. So um, what what you sense Jesus asking you to do through his word, do it. Yeah. Do it. And um, so rest, read, engage, sit, trust. And I love that. I love the fact that it's it also is Jesus's invitation, you know, to yeah. those who are weary. Come to me that you might find rest for your souls. And I, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I think it's a great, um, a great version. In fact, it's it's on these. I'm looking. I think we have these online somewhere. I was just trying to find it yeah. so I can put a link on in. Um, I, I I didn't find it right away, but um, here's the church. Um, I'm holding up here a uh, a little little. What is this a pamphlet? Is this a, yeah, a little card, card. <laughs> that uh, that is called How to Read the Bible? And on it, it has the that rest. Um, you know, acronym or or the the uh, methodology, I guess. Um, it's very simple, Easy. Uh, memorable, and um, and uh, you know, I, I just think a great a great tool for everybody. And uh, somewhere it is on our website, and I apologize that I can't pull it up and give you a link right now. But yeah, and there's nothing wrong with other methodologies. You know, I've I've used soap notes before, yeah. right? Scripture observation, application, prayer. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's a good one. So, you know, sometimes it's just observation, interpretation, application. Yeah. And that one I'd go, gosh, you know, be good to invite Jesus into there at some point. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah. I say that sort of tongue in cheek. I'm sure a lot of people utilize that that do, but I just want us to be intentional about. Yeah. That's that. sitting with, so yeah, that's, sit. the, that's the yeah. part, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think the, the point though you're getting at is, um, you know, come at it with, with a plan, mm -hmm. not just um, of what you're going to read, yeah. but okay, how can I engage in this? Or like and, Bible roulette. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? What'd you get to? I got, you I got Psalm 131. Oh, oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Hey, there you go. Really See, good. and, and that's well, that's, that time it worked. that time it works sometimes. Sometimes you get into. You never know. Yeah. I mean, it's all useful. Okay. So, <laughs> so we can learn something to it, but oftentimes you need a little bit of context. So, yep, we do. <laughs> so, um, before you get to the useful thing and there's, there's times I, I admit there's times when I read quite a bit of context and I think what is happening here? Right. So 
And sometimes the, the punchline of the story is don't do that. <laughs> right? Yes. Like you read through some of the lives of the kings that were terrible kings. and Yeah, and, the know, judges. Oh, so if you yeah. read it opening, you know, just opening to it and like, I'm going to obey whatever it says. And it's a story of one of the terrible kings. Like, I wouldn't suggest obeying that, right? Or following that. There you that go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and and that actually brings up a great point. We're we're uh, this coming Wednesday. Yes. So next week, um, Lord willing, we'll bring you this live in the feed. So we won't be sitting down to answer questions next week. Um, instead, we will have uh, a seminar that is about that very thing, that is getting at how do we understand context in different ways? Um, how can we study the Bible? Yeah. Um, going to be a great time. And so you can join us next Wednesday at 630 here on campus um, in the chapel. Or you can uh, join us online, and uh, that'll be in your feed as well. So, yeah. and then my so, last point was this: that it prepares us for good. So, yeah, I the it gave me biblical language for people that uh, quite often will tell me reading the Bible in the morning is the most important thing I do for my day. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I went as I read this, I went, "Well, oh, that, that there's language for that mm -hmm. um, experience that many mm -hmm. people have." Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, what's what you're doing is preparing for good that God designed for, before beforehand for you. Yeah. To. Yeah. So, I really love that. Yeah. One thing we didn't touch on, Josh, is that, you know, Paul made up a word. Um, hey, that's right. I, I, I wrote that across, across uh, the word deanustos, and it's a compound word in the Greek. And so if we sort of dig into the etymology, it means thea, God. Nua, which would be spirit, wind, breath, um, and it's God's breath, God breathed. Yeah. And um, I just love that in it, we have, in a sense, God's God's breath on huh. paper yeah. right? as yeah. we now get the chance to hold scripture yeah. in our hands. Yeah. So what and a I, gift. I love that, that you, you brought up that, um, that idea that or you, I think you mentioned it and I heard it. I thought, oh, I'd love to go into that more. Um, the, the nusto. So the, the, um, the pneuma yes. is the, the, the breath. I think you even mentioned sometimes it's energy. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. This is God's energy well, for us that is profitable, right? I mean, that is so, useful. Um, I, I, won't, I won't read the exact <laughs> passage, but it's in John chapter six where Jesus says, my words are spirit and my words are life. Yes. Yes. And, um, like they, they, they have a, an ability to awaken hmm. people um, to life with God. Hmm. And so, yeah, sure. Energy, definitely, uh -huh. in a sense. Yeah, it's yeah. got energized. Right. Right. It's yeah. got, right. That's what, oh. Yeah. That's so neat. Uh, so neat. Well, hey, um, you know, we we're talking about um, having a plan. And, uh, and we do, we're joining with a bunch of people um, that are reading scriptures together. I love There's, it. There's like, uh, I think 250 or so that are in a, an online plan. Okay. And then there's a bunch of people reading, um, just, you know, reading the, without, uh, without any online interaction. Um, and, um, I'm putting a link right now. It's, um, efcc.org slash Bible 2022. And, uh, and you can join in and read with us if you'd like, you know, one of the things I like about this plan uh, last year, I read through the whole Bible, and you're reading like four chapters it's a day. A, it, it's a lot. It's a lot, and you don't um, sometimes. And and maybe it's just me. Sometimes I read, and I just got done reading, and I think, what did I just read? Yeah, because it's a it's a hefty amount of reading, and sometimes you feel like you you know, depending on how much time you have, you just have to read fast. Mm -hmm. But this one, I found I'm I'm slowing down a lot more. In fact, I'm commenting yeah. and like taking notes a lot more than I did when I'm Me too. reading a lot. And so um, I say that partly to say that I don't feel bad about reading less <laughs> because I feel like it's it's reading me a little bit more and I'm able to engage in it and hopefully live it. I remember one time I, my spiritual director said to me, hey, Ryan, you know you don't have to read the Bible all the way through every year. And I went, get behind me Satan, right? Like, what, what do you mean? What and this? that was where he, he said, like, what if you read less more intentionally? Yeah. yeah. And what That's if you great... really didn't spend any less time in scripture, but you just read less scripture and tried to listen. Better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, 
wow, that's wow. different. <laughs> and it's been life-giving. You know? Good, good. So, I love that. I love that. So you can join in. Um, you can use uh, use the Bible app to do that. And there's actually some really helpful videos along with it every so often. Um, I and, love seeing all the different people commenting. Yes, that's and, what I was going to say. Know, people that have been Jesus followers for years and years yes. and years. And then... Our kids also. Yes. Yes. So cool. You get a lot of different perspectives. I know. I know. So there's still room for you to join and we'd love to have it. And it's not too late to start. It's never too late to start diving somewhere. Just jump in. Yep. And uh, we'd love to have you. Well, um, hey, um, I I see there that we've wrapped up the sermon section. And now we're going to section number two called Ryan Brought a Book. And uh, yep, that's right. This one we have a sign for. Thank you, Gwen. Yes, and, thank you, Gwen. And family. But um, Ryan, what's what's the book today? Okay, um, this book comes highly recommended. Yes, I'm jealous I, that you finished this already. I loved this book, and I didn't know what to expect. So this is, um, I believe, this is the first memoir that I have the- brought on as my book. We didn't talk about pastor or no, it's a, uh, no, uh, I think we did talk about, we talked about burning my bones, burning but that was written that's... by Will Collier. You're right. You're right. About, you're right. That's a, that's a biography uh, about Eugene. So okay, you're right. You're right. Recommended as well. But this one was so good. Boom. <laughs> it's called, um, where the light fell by Philip Yancey. And, um, this was one of those books that I just didn't want to end. Is that right? Um, it, his his life story is fascinating. He writes with such honesty, um, poignancy, beauty. I mean, he's a he's a poet, um, and uh, but really, the story in a lot of ways circles around him growing up in the South. Yeah, and uh, the church that he grew up in, huh. and just uh, you know, at the time in the South, very uh, racism was just rampant and it was a distinct part of the church he grew up in. And some of his wrestling with that is wrestling with his mom and his brother. And um, I won't spoil it entirely, but the opening scene of the book really launches the the whole story of his life. Mm. And the way that he tells about losing his father hmm. is just, it just draws you in immediately and you go, okay, like I'm on the journey with hmm. you, hmm. Philip. So, um, man, if you're looking for a great memoir of, um, someone who's rest, one of the things that I think Yancey has done really well is, uh, to wrestle intellectually and honestly with hmm. his faith in a way that, um, like he was deconstructing before it was cool. Oh, absolutely. Right? But he was also great... he's he's also been reconstructing, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. he's never just been a where is God when it hurts. He's also been what's so amazing about his grace, oh, right? Yes, and yes. I read that book last year as a, as like one of my rereads for the year. Yeah. And I just went, Philip Yancey. Still it it's is so still good. Yeah. So oh yeah. Good, so good. And so that's actually what um made me want to read this because i heard a few people talking about it and thought ah i I want to get that and after i read what's so amazing about grace i went yeah i got it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely anyway i like the that's a great point that he's deconstructing before it was cool right (laughs) um i mean the jesus i never knew totally it was mind-boggling to me to to kind of take passages and take the the jesus that i had you know grown up hearing about and to and to put jesus in a in a light um, that was just more real, more scriptural, actually, mm-hmm. more based on 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 the words of scripture than before. It opened up my eyes, and you know that that uh, that mindset. It may it may be kind of some of the things that has um, helped me deconstruct without going through the rabbit hole of yeah. of uh, you know that a lot of people go through mm-hmm. in it in any way. So um, I, I'm looking forward to reading that. And so thank you for uh, recommending it. Thank you for bringing it. And uh, I hope you all, uh, I, I know in here, you're, you're, you're always going to find plenty, plenty to read more than many can. But uh, I know there's actually people who, who there's people who want the full list oh, because really? they're going through it. And so no they've given me homework to like go back through and oh, find that. Wow. So, 
So one day, maybe we'll have a a Vitology recommended list of now we'd have somewhere around 35 or so books. I usually keep, I I always keep track of what books I read during the year and then I'll, you know, post it and say my favorite book from last year or whatever. All right. All right. Anyway, there you go. Well, yep. The the Bible Jesus read was another one. Um, That was a very good one. And, And applicable to today. Very much so. Very much so. Because Jesus read a different Bible. <laughs> all right. He didn't have all the Bible, but it's a really unique book, by the way. That one is. Yeah. Um, and so really, really good. His Bible was the Old Testament. Just to be clear, what I'm saying, I don't want to say it was a different Bible. Um, he was he was the content of the, the New Testament, by the way. Okay. So just to be clear. Um, all right, man. <laughs> The way you'll know we don't edit the show yeah. is that that stays in. That stays, that stays in. Exactly. In. Exactly. We'll edit. Edit. How would you believe. even do that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Ryan, thank you very yeah, much. Fun, Josh. Thank you. Looking forward to starting a new series this oh, week. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I can't wait. Okay. First Corinthians. First Corinthians. 32 weeks we're looking at, yeah, right? Is that it? Okay. Is that it? 33 or 32? Maybe it's 33. Yeah. It's 30-some weeks. <laughs> Of uh, of First Corinthians, and uh, it's gonna we're gonna go in depth. It's gonna be really really neat. So um, I hope you can join us. And uh, if not, we'll be talking about First Corinthians in a couple weeks because next week at six thirty, not three o'clock, at six thirty, we'll be uh, we'll be live uh, here. Uh, and uh, look forward to a great seminar about about the scriptures. So looking forward to it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. God bless. Yeah, thank you, Josh. God bless you all. See you next time.